ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Welcome into the Thursday, August 4th edition. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of the program today. We're going to get your text in, of course. Always do that at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And we do it the old-fashioned way as well. We keep the phone line going, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Well, today is one day closer to the start of football season, and camp is beginning. Players are reporting. We had a chance to catch up earlier in the day with Marshall football coach Charles Huff. Also, uh, got a chance. Actually, we don't get defensive and offensive coaches very often, so... We got a hold of Lance Gidry, had a chat with him. Also, we got to talk to Clint Trickett. So I'm looking forward to hearing from those guys here. We'll do that today and tomorrow. And we had a chance to talk a little bit with Marshall's potential starting quarterback, potential starting quarterback, Henry Columbia. That was one of the things that Coach talked about. And – it's not a given job just yet. He's going to have a nice, healthy quarterback competition. So we talked a little bit about that quarterback competition with Clint and with Columbia. So we'll hear from them a little bit later on. But as I mentioned, your phone calls and texts always welcome. With the text line today being 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And, of course, Next week and the week after and the week after, uh, we start getting closer and closer to the start of football, college, pro getting underway tonight. Hall of Fame game. We'll have that for you, 730 here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Can you believe it? I get to talk football finally. We finally get to talk football. So... That's where we're going to be going here the next few weeks. Uh, Next week, I've got Christian Palmer filling in for me for a few days. So he'll talk baseball with you. That's his his passion. He'll talk more baseball with you than I normally would. But at this point, we've got media availability here. I'll have a chance to – I'll be – I'm heading over to Saturday. Yeah, there's media availability. I'm heading over Saturday, so we'll have some of that for you. Uh, this week, coming up next week as well. So we'll have some of that. And I've seen the turf again. Pictures don't do it the justice that it deserves. That's that's a truth right there. If you look at it, it just pops. And that's what the whole point of it was, the black end zone. I mean, I'm a believer. It pops. It really stands out. I think Marshall has needed that for a while. I'd like to see some more improvements, of course, around Jones C. Edwards Stadium. Hopefully those will happen here in the near and long term. Some things I'd like to see happen. Of course, you know, we've talked about, you know, there's going to be changes eventually to the end zone. You know, you're going to put up something that's going to be uh, maybe a, a standout showcase scoreboard. I think it's just time. No offense against the scoreboard Marshall has. I'm just not. 
I don't think I'm I'm as big of a fan as I was years ago of it today. So you got the the M just on these metal just sticks. It looks like just sticking up out of the ground on some metal beams. Here's the Marshall scoreboard, and I'm thinking something a little bit bigger, a little bit wider. Blend it in a little bit more. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. And same thing with the facility building. I'm not a fan of the scoreboard where it's at right now. I'd like to see that over the facility building. I know what kind of engineering that we're going to have to do here. Of course, I'm spending money. It's not my money. So I can have all these big dreams, right? Have the scoreboard over the facility building. Wouldn't that be great? You could have that over, and then you could have that room where the recruits go, the guests go. And you can actually have those windows open a little bit, maybe. They could be looking out. Be a nice view of the, of the stadium, the field. Use that for other things. But have an elevated scoreboard over the shoey, and then have the monstrosity, whatever we're going to call it, whatever it's going to be, have that over in the end zone. I'd like to see some maybe uh, – there's talk of the party deck, obviously. That's going to be big. I'd like to see some maybe specialty seating down there have an opportunity for event seating, group seating. I think you can come up with a lot of good uses if you do it right. So those are just some of the things I want to see. And, of course, you know, there are some really important things that need to happen inside the stadium as well. We've talked about bathrooms. We've always talked about bathrooms. Those need to be improved. Uh, A lot of improvement of point of sale for fans you want to come in you want to enjoy the game right you, you want to be able to go and if you want to get a drink be able to get it you want to get something to eat hey, there's an option for you there's plenty of options for you affordable there's some pricier options as well but maybe some affordable options i don't know dollar dogs those are always a big hit dollar dogs you'd have to put your own condiments on them but hey for a dollar I'll slap some mustard on it myself, no problem. So some things I'm just I'm kind of looking forward to seeing where we go from here. This is only year one of the new athletic director, not even months, just you know, a few months in. So I'm not looking for drastic changes just yet. But yeah, I'm hoping that as we get closer to the start of football season, we see some more things and we see more things happening and progressing. More thing, maybe things I haven't seen of. I mean, we were talking to Chris Grassy the other day. And if you didn't have a chance to hear that, you can go back and listen to it on our podcast. If you're not already following, if you are following, thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. He was talking about some facility upgrades that are going to be happening for soccer. So if there are going to be some facility upgrades taking place for soccer, you know that there's going to be some facility upgrades happening for football and other sports. You know it's going to happen. Not to say that soccer is less deserving. It's just if we're putting that attention to detail to soccer, then I think we're putting that attention to detail on other parts of Jones C. Edwards Stadium, the Henderson Center. What's Thunder Street going to look like, right? All these things that we get to start talking about more and more now and speculating a little bit more. I mean, we got the nice new turf. That, that happened pretty quickly. It looks great. And that's what... That's what started this. That's where we began talking about how the turf looked great in person. 
I'm sure some of you have already seen it in person, and the photos have just not done it any justice because I look at the photos and I'm thinking, it just pops more. And when you just look at it, it just pops more. And I'm hoping that it looks great on TV. That's the thing. I, I really hope that this just stands out on TV and we see lots of big crowds at Jones C. Edwards Stadium. I know Coach is wanting that, and we're going to hear from him here in a few minutes. So we've got Coach. We'll hear from both coordinators, Lance Gildry and Clint Trickett. And we've got a couple of comments today from Henry Columbia. So we're going to hear from all of them. I want to hear from you as well. Text line for today, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And if you're following me on Twitter, you can find me there. You know how to do it. If you're not, I'm real easy to find. It's Paul Swan on Twitter. That's where I'm at. And you can comment there, and I do read them, and I do reply the best I can. So I will see it, and I will get to it. So you can join the program any way you like. But when we continue, we're going to hear from the head coach himself, Charles Huff. When we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. We continue on with this edition of The Drive. Paul Swan, your host. Thanks for tuning in here until 6 o'clock every weekday with you on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Today was a great day. I got to get out of the office. That was that was probably the best part of the day. I got to get out of the office. I got to go over to Marshall and see the new turf. And I got to talk to the head coach of the Thundering Herd, Charles Huff, as it means it's football season time when we get together doing that weekly, kicking off camp. Everyone's reporting today. That means get underway. Let's get practicing. Let's get this thing going. Let's make sure that we're ready to go for football season and that first game against Norfolk State. Coach Huff, when he started talking to us earlier in the day, uh, he talked about it being a new year. I mean, that was the one thing that I always liked about Coach was the fact that he, he's just always optimistic and energetic. And here we are. It you know, doesn't matter. Marshall lost the bowl game last season. You know, all that's done. Here we are. It's a new year. And that's where we begin with the head coach, Charles Huff. Obviously, new year, new excitement. Everybody's fired up. This is kind of like, you know, the first day of school. Um, everybody's undefeated. Everybody's made every play, every catch. Um, no bad coaching decisions. Um, no bad fans. No one has anything to complain about. Um, but it's exciting time. Um, obviously, new conference, new um, opponents, new rivalries, new um, travel destinations, um, some old, some new. So definitely a lot of excitement. Um, a little bit of a new team for us, uh, new identity, um, 48 new players, 24 true freshmen that we signed, uh, 24 transfers, and 12 new staff members in the organization. So um, same fundamental um, core pieces and plan, different faces, different identity, different mentalities that we all got to try in these next 30 days to get on the same page. I think you've heard that before, how many new faces you're going to see with this team. You know, new 
support staff, new players, recruiting or transfer portal, and that just didn't happen. Coach talked about that. He expanded on how that process began not maybe minutes after the bowl game, but pretty close. It all happened after the bowl game. This process started uh, immediately after the bowl game, so started back in December, uh, moved into January with our fourth quarter conditioning program, um, moved into the summer, uh, excuse me, spring ball, uh, where we didn't have all of our pieces, but we got a lot of opportunity to get some of the younger guys a, a, a lot of reps, a lot of exposure, Cam Fancher being one of them, uh, made some huge strides in bo- on both sides of the ball in all three phases, then moved into summer workouts, where um, Ben Ashford did a phenomenal job, he and his staff, of getting our guys in condition and ready to go for fall camp. So it's been a really good um, process up until this point. Now it's time for us to take the next step. Moving into the new Sunbelt Conference is going to be a challenge, new competitive challenges, new environmental challenges, new structural challenges, um, new um, environment for us, meaning just not where we're going, but what we're doing. I think my experience in the SEC is going to give us a little bit of help planning how to be focused week in and week out. You know, when your competition level goes up across the conference, there is no, well, we got to get ready for this game. Every game matters. Any team in this uh, league is capable of winning. Um, So we got to be able to focus week in and week out at the task at hand. And before we go into a little bit more detail about that, Let's look at the East Division. Marshall's in a division with Appalachian State. Could probably win the East Division. Coastal Carolina could probably win the East Division. Georgia State could probably win the East Division. James Madison, they've got a championship pedigree. Only this season they can't win. They could win it, but this is the year that they can't. Old Dominion? Program on the rise, right? I think it's fair to say we're not going to we're not going to disparage Old Dominion. That's a, that's a good program. Georgia Southern. Years ago, this was the program. This was the gold standard in then Division One AA. Fans remember that. Fans are probably a lot like Marshall fans. You know, remember those glory days? Thirst for those glory days once again when winning championships, the gold standard. Yeah, you were the big, big dog. And that's just the East Division. Then you look over at the West Division, and there, there's there's Louisiana staring right at you. Troy's pretty good. I think we could go down the list here, but you've got to contend with all of these teams for the most part. The ones that Marshall needs to contend with will be Troy, Louisiana, and then, of course, very tough East Division. So the competition is across the board better doesn't mean that Marshall was in a conference where it was one or two good teams and that was it and I think expectations were not met in conference USA I think the expectations are higher now and the understanding that you need to meet those expectations are a little bit higher but on to the competition on on to the competition Coach touched on that. He, he referenced time in the, in the SEC. So he talked a little bit about that competition, just how good it is. And again, he's not trying to take any shots at Conference USA teams, but you're in a much better league now and you're in a much better division. I think it's going to be more competitive across the board. 
Um, no disrespect to the Conference USA teams that we played, but I think the competitiveness across the board from top to bottom in the conference is going to be a lot higher. Um, when you look at the conference as a whole, you got three top 25 teams. That's I don't think we had that in Conference USA. No disrespect. We should have been one of them. We weren't. Um, but when you look at that, what it does is it forces everybody in the conference to raise their level because when you say, okay, who's the best team in the conference, if you're in that conference, you're trying to recruit, you're trying to play, you're trying to design your schemes to beat that team. Well, when you got three of them, now everybody's trying to, to raise their level. So I think the level of competition in general is going to be raised. I think the margin of error is going to be smaller because of that level of competition. Um, I do think it's going to challenge our, our fan base um, because the teams that we're playing, because they have had success, because they expect success, because they've top 25, they've been on ESPN, they've been in big games, their community supports. Um, we've got to get our community to support. That's going to even be on the road. Um, you know, some of these teams have been traveling to destinations um, that we are excited about traveling to for a long time. Uh, we are going to the West Virginia Resort, Coastal Carolina, at some point in our tenure. Um, we're going to Myrtle Beach at some point. Um, our fans have to travel to Myrtle Beach, which I know that won't be a problem. But we're also going to have to go to Troy. We're also going to have to go to Georgia State. So we're also going to have to do those things. Well, the teams that we're playing or the index conference, they've been doing it. Um, we've got to be able to do that. So when you really look at it, I think from a competitiveness at all levels, on the field, off the field, fans, administration, uh, facilities, I think all of those things is what raises the level of the entire conference. In other words, the Sun Belt's real. I think he said that before. The Sun Belt is real. And we're going to find out how real this league really is. And then we're going to see where Marshall fans and Marshall stack up in comparison to these teams. Competition's going to be better. The destinations hopefully should be more fun. Coach had a point. I bet nobody has a problem going to South Carolina, right? Coastal Carolina? Nobody's going to have a problem there. Are you going to go to Troy? Are you going to go to Boone? Going to go to some of these places? This year, it's Troy, it's James Madison, it's Old Dominion, and it's Georgia Southern. Georgia Southern should be easy. That's an easy trip, right? And relatively speaking. Old Dominion, you know that trip. You know how to make that trip. James Madison, that, that should be an easy. There should not be an excuse. If there's a spare ticket and you can get a hold of it, you know, there should be some green at James Madison. Now, it might be a hard ticket to get a hold of. They support their community. Their fan base supports James Madison. I mean, we've complained about this for years. Collectively, as... Media, I've talked about it as someone who listens to you. You've talked about it. One of the knocks on the MAC and Conference USA, no one traveled. Fans didn't travel. You'd look over. I'd be in the press box. You'd be in the stands. You'd look over to your right, and you see no one sitting in a certain section. Or you'd look across the field, and you see a big empty section. I'd look over, and there'd be this big empty section where visiting fans would be. But there weren't visiting fans. So, we're going to see visiting fans. I don't believe we're going to 
see too many times where there's going to be an empty section at Jones C. Edwards Stadium where visiting fans would be. I think we're going to see some good representation. And something else that, that Coach talked about, and he's stressing a lot of this here because Marshall's getting into a situation where everything gets harder, the competition level increases, the expectations of course, you're in a new conference, and the expectations are always there. But Coach talked a little bit about bridging the gap between the reality and the expectations. Yeah, I think we've got to bridge the gap between reality and expectations. Uh, reality of where we are and the expectation of where we want to be. I always talk about it in our room. There's expectations that we talk about. That's that's our expectations, not what the, the the conference ranked us, not what ESPN thinks. To no disrespect to you guys, not what you guys think we should do, but the expectation of what we have in house. What does the team expect us to do? How do we expect to play? How do we expect to prepare? Um, and then we've got to bridge that gap between where we really are and the expectations. And how do we do that? We got to identify and have honest and truthful conversations. This is where we are. This is where we are as a program. This is where we are as offense, defense, special team. This is where we are players, coaches. Okay, how do we get from here to where we think we should be? Um, those are the conversations we have. I think year two, we're able to have more honest conversations with the personnel in the program, whether that's coaches, players, administrators. Um, everyone kind of is a little more comfortable with each other. Um, it helps now, and I can have a conversation with the O-line and they not take it as, well, he doesn't think we're good, or he thinks we're better than we are. Um, we can have those conversations now and say, hey, this is where I see us right now. This is where we need to go, and here's how we get there. And that's kind of what we've been working on all summer. You know, at the beginning of the summer, we talked about bridging the gap between reality and expectations and all the things that come with that, teamwork, competitiveness, sacrifice, uh, complete buy-in, um, opportunity over moment. You know, I got an opportunity for a really big season, right? Everyone's got an opportunity to create value for themselves. Well, are the moments that come along more important than the opportunity? Well, if the moment of me going out to a party on Thursday night before a game is bigger than the opportunity for us to play well in that game, we're not going to get where we want to be. When the opportunity becomes bigger than the moment, we'll get where we want to be. And we got to get that holistically. Coaches, fans, is the moment of going to, you know what, the hot dog festival bigger than selling out every game this year? I don't know. Well, when we get to the point to where the opportunity to sell out every game and make a national statement as a fan base, a community, is bigger than, uh, you know what, I'm going to stay home and watch the car this Saturday. I watch it on her, her vision, you know. When, well, when we get to that point, then we've gotten from where we really are to the expectation. Same thing as players. Um, and I think we've all got to make those moves. Me as a coach, I've got to get to the point to where, okay, the moment of me having the exact practice schedule that I feel great about and where we really need to be, maybe it's 10 more reps, maybe it's five less reps, maybe it's seven on seven, more. whatever that may be, we've all got to get there to where the opportunity is a little bigger than the moment. So, in other words, what do you want to do? Do you want to be in big-time games? Or do you just want to show up and you want to hang out at the hot dog festival? So, don't hang out at the hot dog festival. But he's right. You want to you be on national TV? Show up. 
You want to play for national prominence? Show up. Be seen. Be there. So he's he's expecting a lot of other fans, and I think he's um, confident in your ability. I don't think he's calling anyone out. He's just laying it out. Hey, here's what we need to do as as coaches, as players, as fans. A couple other nuggets from today's press conference. Uh, one of the questions he was asked about was just the year-to-year change for the team. And we're going into his second season as the head coach. So he talked a little bit about the year-to-year change from when he took the program over last year to this point. I think as funny as it sounds, I'm a little more comfortable with the environment. You know, although we have a lot of new faces, a lot of new staff members, I'm a little more comfortable uh, with what it takes to get the guys ready. Obviously, each team is different, right? So one of the things we're going to talk about today with this team is regardless of how many new guys or old guys we have, this is a different team. Last year's team's gone. This is a different team. Everybody's a year older. Um, the expectation of what Coach Huff expects, um, they're not learning it. They know it. Um, I think that'll help. Uh, I think the expectation that our community and our environment here at Marshall has of what Coach Huff expects going into year two, um, some of the things everybody always asks you, what's the biggest thing you learn? is just managing the people not connected to the football program. What does that mean? Not the people in the staff meeting every day, but you guys, um, admissions, academics, everyone around the program managing those people. And that doesn't mean controlling, but just getting them to understand our expectation, getting us to understand their expectation, and getting on the same page. So going into year two, a lot more comfortable. Um, even though we have a lot more new people, I still think we're more comfortable with the expectation. So the next question, variation of that, I wanted to know when I talked to him about how he, as a coach, you know, what's different for him? How's he grown from year one to now year two of being a head coach? And this is not, not the team. This isn't team specific. This is basically him as a coach. Yeah, well, I hope I've gotten smarter. <laughs> um, and, and that doesn't mean you know, some things you have a plan for and you say, hey, we're going to do A, B, and C, and we're going to be you know, this type of team, and we're going to take this many reps, or we're going to do this many um, practices, or we're going to teach it this way. Um, I've learned with this team, teaching's different. Um, I've learned with this team going through a year managing the schedule, everything, academics, how many days off, uh, how many reps do you take in practice? How many reps do the older guys need versus the younger guys? How do you adapt when, you know, last year we ran into some injury problems? How do you adapt? Um, it's one thing to have a plan. I think I am more comfortable adjusting. You know, when it's your first time, you're like, well, the box says make the cake like this. So I'm not going to add any more sugar than what the box says. I think now I'm more willing, um, more comfortable with saying, you know what, I can add another scoop of sugar because I like it a little sweeter. Um, it's not going to ruin the product. Um, and also understanding the temperature of the oven, right? You know, some ovens, you know, my wife gets on me all the time, I like to grill. Well, some grills are a little hotter, even though the, the temperature says low. Um, and understanding the temperature around here, understanding the temperature and expectation of the people involved with the program from an administrative standpoint, the fans, the players, um, the student body, um, understanding those things will allow me to navigate uh, a little more comfortable. Um, not that the plan last year was bad or it didn't work, just being able to navigate a little bit more. Good analogy. 
And you know what? I can't wait to taste some of Coach's bakery, his, uh, some of his work in the kitchen, add a little extra sugar. You know, I'm trying to cut back on sugar, Coach, so you know, maybe you can make a, little, a less uh, a sugar-free version for me. But other than cutting back on sugar, I, I can't wait to get into the kitchen, see what Coach has got cooking. You know, get invited to one of those grill-outs, you know, those cookouts. Maybe the wife, maybe maybe his wife is probably his wife's probably the better one in the kitchen. I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to find out. Maybe maybe coach will have like a, a cookout for us on fan day. That would be great. There you have it, head coach Charles Huff. More coming up. We're gonna hear from Lance Gidry. We're gonna hear from Clint Trickett. We're gonna hear from potential starting quarterback Henry Columbia. We're going to do that when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Plenty of time for your text this hour. We will take those at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for being a part of today's program. We've been talking about Marshall football. Today was our pre-camp presser opportunity to sit down, talk a little bit with Coach Huff and a couple of the other coaches about what's coming up this season. We'll get to check in with Coach uh, at least once a week before the season starts. Today was um, basically the kickoff to getting ready for the season. We got 30 days to do so here. So 30 days, teams got to get ready. And one of the opportunities that we got a chance to take advantage of was getting to talk to not only Clint Trickett, but we got the chance to talk to defensive coordinator Lance Gidry. And we don't get a chance really that often to talk to those guys. So – when we have that opportunity, we all jump on it. So here's Lance kicking it off for us, just talking about spring. He, he thought it was a good spring. I thought we had a good spring. I thought we had a good summer. Um, it's the second year in the system, so I feel that our scheme and our uh, terminology and for us, the coaches with the players is a lot better. Uh, we have some familiar, familiar faces coming back, which is really good. Up front, uh, we've got Alston, of course, playing defensive end. Uh, of course, we have Porter and Cumberlander. Uh, we also have Bush coming back, who's going to be healthier. We have legs, and then we have some new additions. Of course, we got Gibson, who came from UK. We had him this spring. We also had Watts from Purdue. And we also have another kid coming in, Barber, from uh, Penn State by way of uh, Austin P. And linebackers, kind of the same guys. You got Neil, you got Bo Plan, you got Charlie Gray. Uh, on the back end, we have Abraham coming back, and we have Gilmore, and we had some additions this spring with Sam and uh, Isaiah Norman, and we added also McKnight from Florida State. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of competition uh, throughout camp. Uh, really excited to get started and uh, have any questions. He was asked to expand on that a little bit. Where does he see that competition coming from? Which units are he most excited about seeing? Which grouping of players competing for positions? Where is he excited for, and where is that competition coming from? I think D-line, we're stacked up pretty deep. 
You know, uh, you've got five, six defensive ends that are going to be competing, and inside at tackle, you have anywhere from six to seven guys. And I think it's all real competition. It's not just guys you're putting out there. I think it's guys that can compete. Uh, at linebacker, it's kind of, you know, got the same kind of three guys competing in there. Bo Plan, of course, had a really good year. Uh, you got Neil, but then you also have Charlie Gray. So I uh, feel real good about those guys. And then we have some younger guys behind them that are going to push. Uh, but probably the D-line is probably the deepest. And in the secondary, we got our corners coming back, which is good. But then we added a bunch of new safeties. Uh, right now, you got to say Sam and uh, the Norman kid. But they've got, you know, we brought in McKnight. So there's going to be competition all throughout camp. And uh, just excited to see this move the depth chart up and down because we're going to need all those guys this year because, you know, people are going to get dinged up. Uh, and then when you play special teams, a lot of DBs are used. So they're also going to play different guys on, in the secondary. So um, just excited to see them get out there and compete. You're going to need that depth because you're in a whole different world now. Being in the Sun Belt, you're going to see a lot of good teams. We have talked about this before. We're going to continue to talk about it. We're seeing a lot better competition top to bottom. So you're going to need that depth. But at the same time, you're going to need to be able to adjust. You're going to need to be able to handle those teams. I mean, Conference USA, Sun Belt. I mean, are there really any major differences other than talent, level of, of team? I mean, what can you expect? And that, that was one of the topics that Coach Gidry addressed as far as just that competition. What do you expect to see from those Sun Belt teams? Uh, I, think it's, I think it's similar. Um, of course, we played App State before. Um, Coastal will be different, of course, because they're a little bit of an option offense out of the shotgun. Uh, so they present different problems. Of course, UL is probably going to do similar things. Their quarterback will probably have different skill set than the one they had last year, thank God. But, uh, no, football is kind of the same throughout levels. Uh, of course, you recruit uh, certain guys, but you also have to play to your personnel. So. Uh, we go through each team. Do they have a quarterback coming back from last year? And if they do, their offense probably isn't going to change that much. But uh, it's going to be similar, but it'll be different. And we won't be as familiar with them. Our kids won't, which I think is a good thing as well. I agree with that. You're going to have to focus now. You might have some familiarity with the team. So, you know, maybe back of your mind, oh, we know what they're going to do. Yeah, I don't think that happens, but there's that, there's that possibility, right? So now you're uncomfortable. You're a little uncomfortable because you've not seen this team. So you need to know more about this team. What kind of personnel do they, do they have? What do they run? Not to say that you're not preparing as well because you have some familiarity, but you can lean on that a little bit. If you're familiar with something, you can draw upon that. If you're not familiar, there's a little, a little uncomfortable feeling that you, you might have. And so you got to prepare. You got to know. You got to be ready. You got to be alert. So I like that. I'm, a, I'm with you because I like the fact that, okay, you're not that familiar with these teams, so you better, you better get familiar quick. You better know what they're about. And at the same time, you know, one of the themes that we keep hearing about is just this, this team's identity. What, what is this team's identity? You got a coach coming in and changing the culture, trying to find what this team's identity is, and now you have more of your players in. They're all your players now, the ones that stayed. Coach talked about that. Ones that stayed, ones that transferred in, the ones you recruited. I mean, these are your, te these are your teams now. These, these are your players. 
and you're trying to create that identity with these players. So what is the identity of this team as far as the defensive side of the ball? Uh, Coach Gidry talks a little bit about that. Uh, you know, I thought last year our identity was we, we hit the quarterback multiple times. I think we had a lot of sacks. Um, we didn't play the run as well as I'd like. Uh, we'd be in games and we would have people at low yards and then we'd let a big play bust. And uh, it happened too many times last year, people getting out of gap or maybe we didn't leverage the play right or a missed tackle. So we have to get better at stopping the run to make people one-dimensional. Uh, if we can do that and force them to pass, I think we have great pass rushers and I think it plays into our favor. So that's what I'd like to see. I'd like to see us be a lot better against the run and I know we can. And uh, But just be disruptive, you know, and give the quarterback different looks and uh, try to get hits on him. That's Marshall defensive coordinator Lance Gidry. Let's talk a little bit about the offense. Uh, first up, we've got Marshall offensive coordinator Clint Trickett. And one of the questions uh, asked of him, I want to know about the quarterback competition. I think we've got a better situation now with some of the talent that's in that quarterback room. And Clint talked a little bit about that competition. I think he's low-key, but I think he's excited. Yeah, uh, you know, Coach Huff touched on it a little bit. You know, there is an experience factor um, that does play into it. Um, but ultimately, it's going to be what is best for the team, what's best for our offense, what's best for, you know, Marshall University as a whole. Um, so the guys know that, and we're, we're not going to put anyone out there that – isn't the best quarterback for uh, this university, and that, like Coach said, we we think we you know we have an you know, inclination of what these guys can do, um, but really we got 30 days to go figure it out and find out for sure. 30 days to figure it out. Who's going to be your quarterback? And the quarterback position is going to get a lot of scrutiny, of course. But you've got some weapons coming back on offense. You hope to have good receivers. You know that the running attack is going to be good. You know that the running attack's going to be good, but as far as overall, what is it about your offense that you're excited for? Here's Clint Trickett's response. Uh, very excited about the guys up front. Um, you know, we did lose some guys, but Coach Morrissey did a phenomenal job last year of when someone would go down, we'd plug in. We'd, you know, so uh, even though we did lose some guys and there are some, you know, not returning starters, the guys that are filling those holes did play a lot last year. Uh, so I'm very excited about the guys up front. It obviously starts up front of son of an offensive line coach, so that's where it always starts. Um, receivers, coached them last year. We got some really good ones coming back. Lost Willie, who was a big playmaker, but we do have um, a lot of depth in that room. It's probably the most depth room on the offense, at least, um, maybe on the team besides the D-line. So uh, very excited about the receiver room. Got a lot of big play receivers in there. Um, and again, I can't list them because you know I'd miss someone. There, there is so many um, running backs. Obviously, we got a good crew there. Uh, brought in you know some people, some freshmen, some transfers. But then also, obviously, we got uh, 22 and Payne that can do some things for us. Um, tight ends again, another group that brought in a lot, whether it be freshmen or transfers. Very excited about that room. You know, Dev's a leader for us, but Stacy Marshall, Ramad Smith, uh, Marquez Velez. You know, so we got a lot of guys that come in and can do things for us. Um, so top to bottom, we got the personnel. Um, unfortunately, we got the coaches for each one of those things, so we just got to put it all together. So, but very excited about the whole offense as a whole um, and what we can do. Like I said, just got to go out and put in the work and do it. Clint Trickett breaking it down, what he's excited for on the offensive side of the ball. We've got to hit the timeout. And we continue 
We will wrap it up. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's our final segment. Paul Swan, your host. Thanks for being part of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Back tomorrow and the next week, Christian Palmer is going to step in and fill the, the roles, the obligations of this show. be a lot of baseball talk, but there'll be some football in it as well. I'm going to head over to media availability on Saturday. I'm going to head over and uh, we'll have some of that for you next week. So uh, there'll be plenty of football talk for you. Don't worry. I'll make sure that he has plenty to talk about next week as we're going to have um, a few weeks to go. By the time we get back, we're going to be that close to the start of football season. Uh, tomorrow, uh, we're going to hear from uh, – I've got Cody Cumberlander. We're going to hear from him tomorrow. We're going to hear from Henry Columbi. We're going to hear from him tomorrow. And we've got more Coach Huff to hear from. We've got more Lance Gidry to hear from. We also have a little bit more Clint Trickett to get into. So we'll have a lot of that for you tomorrow. And if you can't listen live, you can always follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as I've had to explain to a few people, including my dentist, it's absolutely free. You don't have to pay a single dime for this show. If you're a listener, everyone else has to pay. You don't. So uh, thank, thank, thank our sponsors for making sure we keep it free for you. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to tomorrow. going to have fun. We're going to talk football with more insights. I'm looking forward to hearing from Cody Cumberlander. He was fun today. I wish we had time to get into it, but I think it's better we save it for tomorrow so we can focus more on it. Uh, he is um, He's going through it. It's the final run. Everything's going to be a last time. You know, the last time he does this. The last time he does that. Eventually, we'll have the last homecoming. We'll have the last home game. We'll have the last road game. The last bowl game. Maybe the last championship game. Gonna be a lot of last everything's, last check-in. That's gonna be fun. He is uh, definitely a high-energy football player, and I'm glad that he is uh, on this team. All right, we're done for the day, but don't forget, back tomorrow. And if you missed any part of the show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or you can follow me on Twitter. I tweet the link out all the time at Paul Swan. I'll send the link to you as soon as it's uploaded. Thanks for being a part of today's show. I really appreciate it. We'll be doing it again tomorrow. Looking forward to it here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is your radio home for Pittsburgh Pirates baseball, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.